0: so wonderful to see you return once again to odds bodkins curiosity shop i'm your shopkeeper chris baker and today i'm glad you stopped by the shop because we've got something new into the shop uh let me pull this it's it's quite heavy It's, it's made of wood it's a wooden statue carved to look well i that is really the curious thing about it. It's got uh, kind of a, a pointy head, uh, looks like sharp fangs and wooden claws. Uh, it's what one might consider an elf of a Scandinavian culture to look like. And if you turn your back, you might hear the creaking of the joints as this wooden statue, or is it a statue? Uh, Whatever it is, it could come to life and spring at you at any moment. And therein lies the subject of today's episode as we take a look at a new series on Netflix. So let's pull out the mutoscope and explore elves. Now, it's very appropriate that Elves comes out uh, during the month of Christmas, and I, for one, was really excited when I first started seeing the trailers for this. Now, this, by no stretch of the imagination, is a Christmas movie, although it is set uh, at Christmas time. There's a family that is off on holiday for the Christmas uh, holiday. And, and that really is about as much as this ties into Christmas, other than the fact that elves are always related to Christmas. So it really, to me, it's, it's one of those wonderful uh, combinations of something you can enjoy and, and tie into Christmas, but it's not necessarily a feel-good Christmas movie like you get on the Hallmark Channel ad nauseum from July through March. Somewhere my mother-in-law is feeling a disturbance in the forest and knows that I am talking smack on Hallmark Christmas movies. But one of the things I really loved about this is the idea because uh, the Scandinavian countries have such a uh, rich history of folklore, especially regarding elves, that I know... Next to nothing about. I mean, I, I've seen little bits and pieces here. I've seen the the explorer shows where they go looking for for creatures, and I've I've seen them in in Sweden and, and places like that looking for elves and never really finding anything. But uh, you know, hearing a lot of the local folklore about these creatures. Uh, but it is fascinating, and I am always a huge fan of folklore, whether it's folklore here in the United States or folklore that is from other countries and and it's, it's interesting to me to see how some of them are similar like you know we have uh, a folklore of, of sasquatch and bigfoot here in the united states but there's also varying versions of that folklore in other countries all around the world and it's funny how you know things can be so different yet be so similar so i'm always interested in finding out more about folklore and the folklore behind elves like I said, especially in the st- Scandinavian countries, is really uh, a fascinating thing and a a subject that I think is perfect for a, a movie or, in this case, a, a series uh, on Netflix. And I was so excited to see that this was happening. And one of the wonderful things about this series is that it's not very long. I pretty much binge watched this in an evening. Uh, It's six episodes. Each episode clocks in roughly around 25 minutes. So, you know, for less than three hours of invested time, you can really power through this. Or or you can stretch it out and make it last. But it's really a, a simple story and it's... It's told quickly. They don't really dive into uh, characters and in history as much as I kind of wish they took the time to do. Uh, but again, we'll talk about that as, as we kind of wrap this up and, and look to see what the future holds for elves. But really, if you want just a, a fun, scary, uh, simple story to enjoy around the holidays, this really is a, a great uh, opportunity for you to do just that. And when this movie opened, or this, uh, you really could call it a movie. They could have done this as a really long movie. But I'm glad they broke it up, but, uh, but it plays like a movie. It opens up with this scene where this guy is bringing this cow into a fenced-in area and he's tying it up and you really don't know why but he's tying up deep in this woods as he's walking away he cocks his gun he's got this rifle and he's you know kind of watching his back as he backs out of this wooded area and then we hear this this odd creaturely sound and then all of a sudden you see blood spray on on the post that this cow has been tied up and left as a sacrifice and I knew right away one this was gonna be creepy while they they really played up the tension and the what the hell is going on factor of this uh, the spray of blood let me know that uh, there indeed will be blood in this and and while it's not gross and, and overly gory you do get uh, a lot of nice gore factor with this but but I knew it was gonna I knew it was gonna be scary I knew it was gonna be bloody. And it didn't disappoint. And then the opening credits was something that really kind of struck me because it, uh, you know, the, the imagery wasn't that spectacular as far as uh, adding to the ambiance. You see one of the main characters kind of walking through the woods and and different artistic variations of that. Uh, this Christmas tree, all glow with candles. Uh, you know, very simple, but the thing that really got me about the opening credits is they did this very haunting version of Carol of the Bells. And that, I don't know, it it was something that you saw in the trailer to this that I thought, oh, that's kind of creepy. And it was just as creepy. And really, that's kind of what set the tone for me as to how this series was going to play out. Uh, not so much the imagery in the opening credits, but that haunting version of Carol the Bells just added a weirdness and a creepiness that is really what this show is all about. I don't want to be too spoilery, but, uh, but I am going to talk about, you know, kind of the events of this. I'm not going to go uh, beat by beat and scene by scene, but uh, do want to kind of set the table of what is going on. You've got this family. The father, Mads, played by Petter Thomas Pedersen. The mother, Charlotte, played by Lila Noble. The oldest boy, Casper, played by Milo Campanile. And really, the main character of this whole series, Josephine or Jose, as they call her, uh, Sonia Steen. They make up this family. They're going to this island on holiday as they get ready to spend Christmas kind of away from the hustle and bustle. It's kind of alluded to that both parents work and they just don't take time for family. So this is their opportunity to get out on an island, secluded, they're renting a cabin, Their cell phones barely work anywhere. Cell service is shaky. And, And when you get in these remote areas like this island, cell service is spotty at best. And that kind of plays into a lot of, I think, why setting this on an island was really a smart choice. Because you see, islands have such a secluded feel about them anyway. I mean, that really was played well with the Netflix series Midnight Mass. Stephen King's storm of the century, having that set on an island, Dolores Claiborne Island life is, is a lot different. Small town life is a lot different than, than what people know of in, in bigger cities, because Island life is very secluded and you get that small town nature with it. And small towns have their secrets and they know how to keep them. And I think both things play well into bringing this family that doesn't belong, fish out of water, big city folks coming to the small town, secluded island. There's, you know, there's no way to get off this island except by ferry, and that really kind of plays up into the seclusion, the the loneliness uh, of of being on this island as outsiders with a a small town that is rife with secrets and and i think all of those things help set the atmosphere for this family coming to this this town the small island and being like i said a fish out of water or four fish out of water but as they're driving to this cabin they kind of take a back road the dad mads is the typical dad in the sense that uh, he doesn't want directions he knows a shortcut And it's funny how that is just as true here in the United States as it is in Denmark. Apparently, they have the same problem with uh, dads over there. But they're taking this, this back road to try and save a little time, and they end up hitting something. The kids are arguing in the back, and dad's not paying attention, and they hit something. Now, they chalk it up to a pothole, but there's a black substance on the bumper, and the daughter Josephine, she goes looking to find, find what's going on. What did they hit? They must have hit something. And that's when another uh, of the main kind of B characters shows up: uh, Moller, played by Rasmus Heimrich, who really plays that strong, silent type quite well. He doesn't have a lot. To say in this, but he is one of the, like I said, as far as secondary characters go, he is, he's one of the main secondary characters. And he tells them they're, they're next to this fenced in area, the little girl, Josephine, why is this fence up? And he tells them essentially, get, you don't need, you don't belong here. You need to go to wherever you're going, stay on the coastal road where they were told to, to be in the first place. It really sets up the mystery of what's behind this fence and what did this family hit in their car, which leads Josephine to go exploring, go back there to find what they hit. And it's, it's no secret. This isn't a spoiler because they really set this up in the trailer, but she finds a baby elf, uh, a youngling elf, and she takes it back to where her family is staying and nurses it back to health. Uh, mends its wound, befriends this elf. And for the better part of the, I'd say the first half of this movie, they spend a lot of time uh, focusing on this family. You know, the dad Mads is kind of... The actor who plays him, uh, Peter Thomas Pedersen, kind of reminds me of a younger uh, Greg Kinnear. Uh, Greg Kinnear always plays guys that are just kind of smarmy and annoying and... And that's kind of how this character is in this. It, it just reminds me of any role Greg Kinnear has played. <laughs> just a younger version of him. but he's he's always making what I don't know how things roll over in Denmark, but he always makes jokes with the son uh, that always seem quite inappropriate for a dad to be to be saying to his teenage boy. Uh, just, it just was awkward. Uh, the mother, Charlotte, has very strained relationship with maybe both of her kids, but especially Josephine, because she won, uh, looks at Josephine as a kid who can't take care of herself. Now, I don't know how old she's supposed to be in this, probably like 12, uh, I'm guessing somewhere around that age. She's one of these mothers that is very controlling and wants to tell everyone what to do. Okay, we're going to do this. Now you do that, and you do this, and you do the other thing. And very much uh, the kind of mother that just can't let people be themselves, has to tell everyone what to do and how to be. And that puts a strained relationship on her and her daughter. Dad's a little more laid back and freewheeling, and that kind of puts them at odds. And you care about this family in spite of it all. You care about Josephine because you feel sorry for her and her relationship. Her and her brother are constantly bickering and sniping. Oddly enough, makes you care about them both because you know, I was there. You know, I have a younger sister and a younger brother, and there were times that we were constantly bickering and sniping at each other. The dad as much of as he kind of acts a little douchey at times, uh he, he means well. And like I said, he's a laid back, freewheeling type of guy, not taking things too serious. The mom mom. Mom is really the only unlikable character, not unlikable, uh, but she's the kind of character that you just, you don't want to like because she is a little overbearing, a little controlling. And that's for me personally, that I don't like that. I, I try to stay away from people like that, but she is a mother. And she's only doing it because she cares about her kids and she's trying to protect them and look out for them. And, and that really plays into how her character progresses and, and how the relationships, well, they're not given a ton of time, because this is, like I said, six episodes, 25 minutes or so each. Uh, we barely got three hours worth of, of, of time here. Uh, you don't, get to learn as much about these characters or get the characters to develop as much as you would like. But there is some character development by the time we get to the end that makes it all worthwhile and really helps you to appreciate the the care that you invested in this family. Because like I said, while they all have their faults, it is family. And and they do love each other. They just have different ways of showing it. But while this family is, you know, mom is trying to orchestrate what everybody's doing at every moment of this trip, Josephine is off, sneaking off to the barn uh, on this property that they've rented and nursing this baby elf back to health. She tells her brother Casper he's in on it, but the locals, Moller and one of the town elders named Karen, played by and eleanor jorgensen they find out that she has this baby elf and proceed to put it back where it belongs because there's a reason this area of woods on this island is fenced in and we find out that it's maybe not so much to keep the elves trapped because that's one of the things josephine uh, she can't understand if there are elves in there uh, why are they being kept in a cage they need to be free And it really plays off the (laughs) the whole idea that uh, it's not to keep them trapped. It's to keep everyone on outside safe because elves in their different incarnations, uh, as history has progressed, have become cute and they're Santa's helpers and they're, you know, not uh, not malicious at all. These elves are and they've been there since the dawn of time. They've been there before man was there. That was their island. And they outnumber people, and if let out, they would wipe out that island. Who knows what would happen if they escaped the island. And the rest of the movie plays that out. What happens when these elves might escape? Uh, what would the islanders do to appease the elves? You know, we've seen them sacrifice a cow. Uh, what else would they try to sacrifice to to appease uh, these ancient elemental beings? Now, I've heard some reviewers some critics talk about this wasn't a scary series. I, I would beg to differ. I don't scare easily, but there were some scenes where they played up the tension. There wasn't a bunch of jump scares. And to me, that's not scary. Jump scares, yeah, they'll make you jump, but it's not, to me, that's not horror. That's not the heart of horror. Horror is setting a mood, setting an atmosphere, setting tension, making People you care about go into situations where you don't know what's going to happen to them and you're worried about what is going to happen to them. Even though you know it's just a movie, it's just a TV show. And I think this series did that on more than one occasion. Was it, like I said, a bunch of jump scares and monsters jumping out, boogie boogie uh, No, it wasn't that. But there were many scenes where they uh, ratcheted up the tension and ratchet up the atmosphere and, you know, a character you care about or maybe even a care. I mean, there was one scene where there's a character I had ambivalent feelings about at best as to, to who they were, but I knew something was coming and I knew that they were in danger and they did a good job setting the tension to, to make you feel that and, and to feel that fear of what might be coming, and what's what's in the dark, what's coming around the corner, what's sneaking up behind you. I thought they did a really good job on that, much to the disagreement of some of the other people doing reviews. But I, I really enjoyed the horror aspect of this because they did do i mean it's not throughout the whole series that you get that kind of horror but they did it enough times that this felt like a horror movie this felt like a scary movie now there were times at the beginning where you know when you're learning about this family getting to know them it it maybe felt a little like quirky offbeat comedy but i think you needed that you needed that to, to feel that family dynamic you needed that to break the tension of the opener. The opener was really creepy and atmospheric and weird, and you really needed to kind of uh, set the stage for this family. You wanted to make them likable. I don't know as if they succeeded in making some of the characters uh, particularly likable, but, you know, they're this, this family that has this offbeat sense of humor and a way with which they interact with each other, and they had a lot of offbeat humor. as as a way of showing you this family dynamic. And then you get to the island, they get there, they find all these mysteries. There's, like I said, small towns have secrets and they know how to keep them. There's so many questions that are left unanswered that they, they can't get answers for because this town is keeping secrets. It's not even up till the very end that they even figure out what is going on with the elves and what's behind this fence uh, because they set such a mystery in place and and people, in regards to keeping this secret, act weird. Kind of the same way uh, Midsummer, They get to this place, this secluded community, this commune, and people are acting weird because they've got a secret they're keeping because they're going to sacrifice everyone. Uh, now, this isn't that degree of secret keeping but it's that same idea that people that keep secrets act in peculiar ways and the people in this town are very peculiar because they have a secret they're trying to keep from these outsiders and they finally get to the point where the outsiders they've kept the secret the outsiders don't know what they're doing and all hell breaks loose. And finally, we've got to tell them what's going on with what this secret is that they've been keeping. And the secret being that they are keeping these elves contained for the protection of everyone on the island. Now, the elves in and of themselves were really cool. I I really enjoyed the creature design on the elves because they showed elves in, in a couple different stages. The youngling, the baby elf that Josephine finds and nurses back to health is young and it's very fleshy and almost like a a sapling that is very malleable and and moves very fluidly. Uh, We find that when we see the more mature elves, they're very woody, like like a tree. These are very much Uh, woodland elemental spirits of some sort. And I I heard some criticisms about the the movement, about how sometimes they move in a herky-jerky kind of stilted way, and then sometimes they're quick. I really likened it to when you get older. Uh, like myself, Uh, sometimes you've been sitting still for a while and these these elves will be in the woods kind of hiding, staying secluded, underground a lot, up against trees kind of trying to blend in. And when you're still for, for a long time, I feel this every day at work when I've been sitting there at my desk working for hours and I go to get a drink of water or use the restroom and it takes a little while for my joints to loosen up after being still for so long. And then once I'm loosened up, I get going and I'm moving as well as fine as I can. But I, I liken that to these, these mature elves. They're woody creatures. Uh, they have skin that kind of looks like bark. And I think that's why they chose, you know, these elves, when they first start to move, they kind of move in a herky-jerky kind of stilted motion because they're just loosening up. But then once they get moving, then you get the quick jumps and the attacks and things of that nature. So I didn't have a problem with that. And like I said, I thought the design, the creature design was really cool. It it played into the elves are always pictured as kind of like garden gnomes, (laughs) like with a little hat. And they had these pointy heads that kind of made you feel like, well, that's where the myth that or the, the folklore that uh, elves are wearing hats all the time comes into play. I, I think there was some really deep thought put into this creature design. Some interesting thought. And I think there were reasons they made some of the choices they did. And, and I could be wrong. It could be just happenstance. But if they thought this through the way I think they did it was a very clever creature design and and very creepy like I said the the movement of the elves when they're first starting to move and you kind of get the herky-jerky motions uh that's kind of creepy that that stilted movement always creeps me out in in other movies where uh, you see it in a lot of demon possession movies uh, that kind of stilted kind of almost Uh, like you're seeing some frames being skipped kind of movement to it. I also thought it was really important that while you did see the baby elf quite early in the movie, the mature elves, you didn't really get a good look at them. You might see a little quick silhouette of one and then it moves uh, and, and you lose it you would see flashes of some of these, but you never really got a good look. I don't even think when they finally come to the climax and you get better looks and longer looks at the elves, I I still don't think you get a really good straight-on look uh, which is which is great because it kind of leaves a lot of mystery, uh, wondering what these things are and really plays into the the notion that you know, what is this? what what is attacking these people? Uh, why can't I go look good? You want to, you want to look more. You're looking for them around every corner. and I, I think that was really smart and played into a lot of the mystery of the whole thing. And I also like the fact that they used a lot of practical effects. They used people in costumes. They used, uh, there was some puppetry, I think, going on there. There was some CG. Uh, don't get me wrong, but they were very, the CG, I think, was very minimalistic. I think they used a lot of practical effects and a lot of puppetry in costumes, uh, which I, I always love. that. I hate when movies, the, the creatures are nothing but CG. And that's kind of what I was afraid of. At first with this, when I saw the the youngling in the trailers, they used some CG for a lot of that with the youngling, with a lot of the facial movement and things like that, I believe. Uh, But for the most part, they used a lot of puppets and animatronics, and I I think they, they did a really good job with creating these creatures and not just leaving up to to crappy cg which you know i don't know what the budget was on this but sometimes you know when when you get a lower budget movie or tv series you do get uh, crappy cg and and that was not the case here i'd rather see crappy practical than crappy cg and you got neither with this you got good cg where they used it and you got great practical uh, with which they used. And I think that's also smart when you're using suits and things like that. You don't dwell on the creature long enough for people to see the flaws. So that, that was smart as well. So the creature design I thought was really cool. And, and the way they went about it, I thought was very smart and really added uh, an element of terror. Uh, these creatures were, were scary to look at. If I was walking in the woods, I would be looking over my (laughs) shoulder, hoping, praying to God that one of these things weren't following me. But without being too spoilery about the, the climax and, and the denouement, uh, the family does escape this island on the ferry. Uh, one character I really didn't talk about: uh, Karen's granddaughter, Liv, played by uh, Vivalil Sogard-Holm. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she's kind of a love interest for the Casper character, and kind of is a as a young lady who's grown up on this island. Uh, you can tell she dreams of getting off the island, and she does as she leaves with this family that we've we've been following throughout this whole. Uh, series. But I think one of the nicest moments at the end is there's an exchange between Josephine and Charlotte. The uh, the mother-daughter uh, relationship there it was always strained from the beginning and this showed them in probably one of the more natural conversations between the two in, in the whole series is that she's finally allowing in her mind her daughter to grow up and know that she's not a baby that needs her mother to tell her every little thing to do that she's she's a strong young lady and could take care of herself and and josephine she looks at her mom in a different light knowing that she's just done what she's done to protect her and she allows for for a brief second uh, allows herself to be the mommy's little girl in a moment where they're talking about how they left the christmas presents and and she still wants to know what her mom got her her mom said no it's a secret it was just a it was a cute little way to kind of show the development of their two characters through this horrific event that they've they've just gone through. And there's a little surprise at the very end of this. I won't talk about it, but it leaves room for uh, another season. Now, that's one thing I wasn't sure of with this, uh, whether this was going to be a continuing series or this was just going to be like a limited one-off Season, you get that from time to time with Netflix and some of these streaming services, Uh, a limited series or just a one off season. And this looks like they could do a series uh, of this, Uh, at least get another season out of it, because the way they set it up. Uh, really leaves a lot of questions, uh, leaves a lot of things that need answered. Uh, there's a lot of what could be's and what might be's. I, I'm excited to see if they do a second season, where they might take this. Because if they do, what happened at the very end kind of changes the game that we understood to be going on with this island, with this quote-unquote elf preserve that They have it's it's a big game changer and uh, could lead to some very interesting consequences one of the themes of this besides the the naturalistic themes these creatures were here before man. Uh, man took over, started logging, disrupted them, and they started fighting back. There's a lot of uh, ecological uh, ramifications and themes going on here. Uh, a lot of themes about indigenous peoples and man's ability to go in and conquer and take over land away from indigenous peoples. Uh, there's a lot of themes in that regard. There's a lot of themes about love and family and... And, and respect for one another and respecting what each individual family member needs from the other family members. There's themes about secrets and what can happen uh, with secrets. And, and there's also uh, probably one of the bigger themes about there being consequences for, for your actions. You may not mean for something to have happened. But if your actions cause that to happen, uh, you still have to take responsibility for it. And I think, think there's some really interesting themes to unpack from this, but nothing that is so over glaring and overbearing that it takes you out of Just watching a really good scary story. A scary story with a lot of mystery. A scary story with a lot of weirdness and atmosphere. It reminded me of the first time I watched that show, uh, Wayward Pines. Just so bizarre and weird and frightening. All at the same time. And quite ironic that uh, one had a wall keeping creatures out. Other had a wall keeping creatures in. And uh, the creatures were just as creepy in both of them. But it made me think about uh, that series watching this. Because it just had that similar kind of eerie creepiness. That I love seeing in in a TV series. And really excited to see uh, hopefully more from this series. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll get a second season. I'll be uh, listening for that uh, as soon as I find anything out. We'll pass along on the Odds Bodkins uh, Facebook fan page. But I encourage everyone to check this out. This is a great series to watch. And like I said, you can watch it in a day or two. Uh, I, I watched it in an evening. Uh, Six episodes, about 25 minutes each, uh, you're going to be able to breeze through this and you're going to want to breeze through it because each episode ends with a a great lead in to make you want to what's next, what's happening next, a nice little bit of a cliffhanger just to keep you wanting more. And you you'll watch it quick, but it's a, a great series to watch this time of year because it does have some Christmas tie-ins without being a Christmas story or a Christmas movie uh, or a Christmas series, I should say. I was so glad to see this came out just as we're getting ready to head into December, and of course, by the time you're listening to this, December will be here. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad this came along because it really was uh, a fun way to add a little horror to the holiday season. So I encourage everyone, check it out, Elves on Netflix. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you're going to enjoy this. If you go in with a an open mind to just uh, soak in all the atmosphere and the weirdness and the horror and just let uh, let yourself enjoy uh, some, some holiday horror, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this series. So check it out on Netflix. Also, check out Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook where we've got... Uh, Everything that's going on in the world of horror fantasy and sci fi, always posting trailers for movies and shows coming out, always trying to find articles on movies and, and TV shows and streaming shows that uh, I think are going to interest you. Some other things, uh, you know, along the way that I find in, in the realm of horror fantasy and sci fi sci-fi that I think you'll enjoy, always trying to pass that along. And we like to, you know, throw up some memes and things like that, just some fun with the genres that I know I love horror fantasy and sci-fi and uh, hopefully you love them just as much as I do and we'll check out odds bodskins curiosity shop on Facebook so I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in and listening to my thoughts on the Netflix series elves coming up on Monday's show we've got the new movie with Kira Knightley uh, kind of a weird Christmas type movie but very apocalyptic and I think it's going to have some elements of, of you know, black comedy, but also some elements of horror, like I said, set in a, an apocalyptic scene uh, called Silent Night. So we're going to be talking about that on Monday. So check that out. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon but even though you may come back you never really get to leave odds bodkins curiosity shop